Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with jazz pianist and composer Gerald Clayton. He spoke with Neon Jazz on tour in Kansas City after a good plate of Gates Barbecue to talk about his May 13th, 2017 show at the Blue Room off 18 and Vine, showcasing his brand new album, Tributary Tales. He talked about his life that began in the Netherlands, growing up in L.A. and seeing the world performing jazz and loving every bit of it so he has more tales than that please get to know him and dig this interview my friends so i guess i should start off by saying welcome to kansas city how's your visit oh thanks yes yeah, great just had some barbecue so home run so far man what you what what place did you go to we we went to gates over on Maine. ah man that's some good quality living right there yeah um, right right on so let me, before we get into the show that you're going to have at the Blue Room, I kind of want to get an idea. This new album is just another evolutionary step for you. It's a great album. So I want to know about Tributary Tales. What what went into this album, and how do you feel about it as an artist? Yeah, I feel great about it. I'm I'm um, I'm happy to finally get the music out. It's it's actually been over the course of a few years, kind of putting the whole album together. And for me, all of any any sort of um, recorded you know uh any any cd i record it's just really more than anything else it's it's a document uh of of a particular day and a particular year and this sort of journey that i feel that we're we're all on as as, um musicians and and i think i have really wonderful memories of of the recording session uh and the week that led up to it we played at the village vanguard so the music really had a chance to sort of blossom and find itself Luckily, most of my recording projects, I feel like it is a, a pretty natural process in the studio of just sort of going in and doing what we do. Um, it's also very natural for me when I'm listening to my own music to put it in that perspective and see that we've we've already moved on from it, you know, in, in, in a certain way. But reflecting on the music, reflecting on, on what sort of inspired compositions and the energy that we bring when we play with one another, um, I kept coming back to this feeling of, um, the connectedness between uh, disparate experiences um, and this idea that all of the musicians that I brought together on the project, you know, they all uh, come from various places and play so much different music throughout the year, and yet we come together and there's this sort of like-minded energy. And I think it's just because we all sort of share this goal of, of trying to serve the music as best we can and and being considerate of that, uh, the tributary themes as it relates to how we exist in the context and the narrative of, of the music, the tradition that came before us. Um, so those are all sort of the themes sort of all at once. But all that to say that, that I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm happy to share it with the world. Wonderful. So speaking of things coming together, you're in Kansas City, Missouri. You're going to play at the Blue Room um, on the corner of 18 and Vine. How did the show come about and how do you feel about Kansas City. Is this a rendezvous? Have you been here before to play? Yeah, we, we, I played at the Blue Room a few different times uh, with some different different groups, a group of my own, and with my dad's band. And I love Kansas City, and and I love the room. Um, I think this is you know some of the the hippest people as far as audience members, listeners, and and just lovers of the music. You know that you you really get the sense that this is a a soulful community that that really values. Its contributions to the to the music to the artistic expression, you know, um, you know, I don't even need to to go down the history. You know, the, the names are huge, Charlie Parker, et cetera. So you you get that feeling when you when you get here, when you when you arrive, you know, like 
just now we were eating at Gates and, and listening to like really great obscure records like Art Farmer and Grant Green and all this stuff. So, you know, we, we definitely recognize that this is a hit city and we want to do our best to, to bring a good show to the audience here. Beautiful. You've had quite a journey in your life. It started in the Netherlands. You were raised in L.A. You've been all over the world. How do you feel about what you've done in the world of jazz? At this point, it's very safe to say that you're a major player in the world of jazz. How do you feel about your journey? When you sit back in the easy chair and think about your life and your career, how do you feel? Man, you know, I, I feel good. I feel really blessed and lucky. You know, there's there there are so many talented musicians more and more than ever these days. So um, just to even get the opportunity to, to be, you know, a representative for, for my group of, of like-minded musicians that I was talking about or, or the, the tradition of the music or my family, just all, all of the traditions that I, I feel like I'm a part of to be sort of an ambassador for that is, is a huge honor that I, that I really uh, feel proud to, take seriously as I travel the world. And yet, you know, I'm all, also all, all, always kind of reflective and contemplative about things that uh, affect the entire music scene to, to sort of put ourselves in, in a context. Like, no, no, there's not one artist out there that isn't contextualized with a group of others when people think about them. So for, for us, it's, it's really like thinking about your own sort of place in the scene is, is all good, but thinking about the scene as a whole and what we can do to make it better, you know, how, how can we raise the level, the awareness of, of radio DJs or, you know, who's writing the magazines, all sort of the gatekeepers of the narrative behind the music. These are things that I'm, I'm really excited to, to have conversations with, with my fellow musicians about these days um, and, and like look forward to, to meeting more people who are sort of on that same mission, sort of that same team of, of let's serve the music as best we can, let's, let's keep this tradition going in the right sort of, you know, meaningful, soulful way. That answer really actually leads very well, and it's very apropos for what I'm going to ask you right now. You've spent your life dedicated to jazz, and I, just very simply I want to ask you, why do you love jazz? Well, for me, that that question uh, opens up the conversation of what jazz even is. Um, and for me, the reason I love the music that I love, the music that I associate with the word jazz, um, and the values that I think come from uh, from that music, from that experience of, of getting together with other musicians and improvising, you know, creating something that serves as a vehicle to express our joys and our sorrows and in return actually gives us something back. I think um, that process, I, I, I think, is, is, is valuable. I think, it's, I think there's, there's a great example of democracy in, in jazz, you know, that, that we're all getting together and sort of deciding together what the music is asking us to do. Um, the compassion and empathy, the vulnerability, the courage that it takes to make music without a sort of set guidelines before you start playing. Um, I think those are, are, are lessons and values that, that definitely carry over just into to everyday life. So that's some, so those are some of the reasons that I'm, I'm proud of, of jazz as I know it. But I, I've, I'm, also, I'm almost more interested in that question uh because it opens the door for people to examine 
you know, the way that they label the music that they're listening to um, and, and trying to really sort of question the boxes that we put everything in. Um, so that's that's kind of all of those answers all at once. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The yeah. one thing that's been very clear about your career, as I mentioned up front about your new album, you've, you've, your evolutionary leap and your progression in jazz has been very, um, very well documented in albums, but it's also been recognized by the industry. You've gotten Grammy nominations and awards, and I want to ask you this. Not your favorite award, but what award did you get that surprised you the most, that you just took you off guard? Man, that's a hard one. I guess, like, the more surprising thing is when, um, you know, you get a phone call to play with, um, you know, Charles Lloyd or John Schofield calls you the sub for Larry Golding's on a gig. Those those are sort of the surprising awards and rewards. You get a sense of... of that journey that you've you've been a part of, like all these these guys that I've I've listened to all my life and admired, are now, you know, considering making music with me and giving me a chance to 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 be a part of their their energy, their dance, and that's you know that those are that's where the real sense of accomplishment comes from, I think, um, compared to getting told that you're you're nominated for a Grammy or anything else. Um, I I think that's a, gr- a great it's a great compliment too, but it feels um, more fickle in a way, you know, like this, this idea that, you know, one day they love you, the next day they might hate you. So don't, don't sort of take any opinions positive or negative as, uh, you know, just sort of put them in the same category as like a, a somebody's response to whatever it is you did. Um, but those, those personal goals of actually getting to play with some of my heroes, I feel like are, are definitely the surprising and, and most rewarding. Right on. The one thing too is, you know, it's one thing you go into the studio and you make music and you have all the A&R people that work with you, the radio people, and you have all these things, but the real marrow and the bone of a jazz musician is the fan. And I want to know this, what is one of the most uh, memorable comments that someone made to you about your music that really touched you, that really, you were like, man, I just, uh, one of the best compliments that you remember from a fan? Man, I mean, it's it's really touching when you meet somebody who um, lets you know that your music helped them through a difficult time. I've, I've had some comments like that that really... Um, that's that's a special one because <laughs> you you know you, hmm. you you don't um you know I, I music definitely has the the ability to heal as we know and and I've I've definitely felt that power you know in, in the music that I love but when you're on the journey and sort of in the quest to figure out this thing called music most of the time you know your your you you recognize that your reaction to your own experience and your own expression is, is just so different naturally than, than somebody else's who's who's sitting in the chair and listening. So um, when somebody says that it really actually really helps them in their lives, that, that, that's, you know, I, I, I'll cherish that forever. Right on. So let me ask yeah. you this. This is, this is my final question to get kind of to the core of who you are and your essence. Everyone has a version of you, your family, your friends, your fans. But when you wake up and you face the world, who are you? Who do you think you are? Uh, I think I'm like kind of a natural, um, a bit of an observer, I guess you could say. Like I, I, uh, I'm really a big fan of comedy and the sort of like 
magic that a, a witty perspective can can bring to somebody's life. You know that it that it has the ability to absolutely like transcend the worst uh, of scenarios, the worst of, of experiences. I, I I'm becoming more and more this like I feel like I'm a, a, like a, a, a wannabe walking philosopher <laughs> because <laughs> you know I I I see all of these invitations to dramatize struggle around me and I definitely go in the wormhole like anybody else sometimes I'm I'm just angry or pissed off that I have to be waiting in line um but I'm seeing them more and more as I, I get older as invitations to stress out uh rather than actual things that stress me out so I think that's sort of at the, the core that's that's like the first thing when I wake up but I mean truth be told I'm I'm a class clown I just like to have fun and play around and dance and be silly so that's me Deep. Beautiful, man. I guess I wasn't completely honest. I do have one more question here for you. Okay. I want to know this. What do you want the fan that comes to see your show tonight to take away? How do you want them to feel about the experience of catching you and your gig live? I mean, if it's somebody who's never heard heard me before or heard, you know, maybe other musicians that I associate with, I hope it's uh, I hope it's a I don't know compelling or attractive invitation to to dig deeper and and find out that there's in fact an entire scene of uh really great cool art that's 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 constantly being pushed into new directions and it's exciting it's it's really like um a thrill to keep your finger on on that pulse and in your ear to the scene so if if I can help invite somebody to that world then that's definitely an accomplishment beautiful gerald thank you for what you do for jazz thank you for taking a minute out and most certainly thank you for all the music oh man and thank you thanks for everything you do it's a pleasure thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another neon jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in la new york kansas city and spots all over the globe giving fans all that jazz and thanks to gerald for his time his music and his stories if you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store, visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Jazz.